0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns.
1: Hi, and welcome to Everything Is Fine, a podcast for women over forty. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France.
2: And I'm Jen Romellini.
1: And Jen, I had two things happen this week that seemed to me like age markers. Like you're you're seriously getting older now. Bring them on. Hit me. (laughs) The first one wasn't quite as alarming. I was talking to my mother yesterday about a trip I took with a boyfriend, you know, someone I was seeing maybe seven years ago. And she's like, oh, what was his name again? And I was like, um, Like not somebody I dated briefly, somebody I dated for and traveled with. I was like, hmm, gone. Eventually I remembered it. So that was one thing. And the other thing is I've realized that now I have to wear my reading glasses in order
2: to eat. Wait. <laughs> you wait, why? I mean, you could still see the how. Okay. What? You how bad is it? Continue. <laughs> you, can, you can't really see what you're eating if you don't have your reading glasses on. I mean I guess that's true but you could get the general shape I mean I don't know I'm blind as I'm blind as uh, I don't even know if bats are blind but I am blind so I can't really do anything everything would just be like amorphous blobs um but wait you've started reading you've started wearing your reading glasses to eat why because you want to see the texture of what is, what is it to eat and to cook because
1: I've, I I oh. I like I don't see what's actually like Yeah. Like
2: putting salt on on something. You can't see the salt go on the food. So you don't know how much is it going in. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I've just been like having, I'm like, is this, am I now like just in the land of old people words, like bursitis? Like the other day I I was like, oh, I think this is bursitis in my shoulder. I'm like, oh shit, that's like a joke from 16 Candles. Like I had no idea what these words meant. I know it's sciatica. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, my sciatica, my, yeah, like shingles. (laughs) I know sciatica is no joke. Sciatica can really hurt all my shit's hurting. I'm having like massive joint oh. pains. I'm just like a whole left side of my body is fucked. I've got, I've gone, I've gotten a massage. I've gone to the chiropractor. I'm going to try acupuncture. I'm about to get into uh physical therapy. I've been taking anti-inflammatory herbs. Like, cause I have to fight back. I'm not going to let myself just like suffer for, I'm not like, Oh, this is just how it is. And living in this body. Yeah, no, that's the right thing to do. But it's yeah, it's a bummer. It's a, the, the, there's like there are old people markers, and these these are them. <laughs> like,
1: Some of them also <laughs> like other old people markers, like you know that insurance commercial about becoming your parents. No, it's a very funny. Uh, I think it's pro- I think it's progressive. Okay, um, and they have a series of commercials about how homeowners, mm-hmm. new homeowners, become their parents. Okay, and they're they're really amusing. They're really amusing. And so I was thinking the other day, like, is it possible that in some ways I'm turning into a nice Karen? Like, for instance, (laughs) like, for instance.
2: Maybe you're just turning into a lady. You don't have to be the Karen doesn't have to be involved here at all. Go ahead. Okay, so so it, it snowed
1: a week or two ago here in New York. Yes, it was pretty. But the bummer of the snow is that people put salt on the sidewalks and salt gets in my dog's paws and it really hurts. Yeah, There is another product you can use, you know, several other products you can use that aren't salt. Okay. That like, does do the same job? Probably more I, expensive. Continue. Probably more expensive. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I have fantasized about stopping at every residence and business on my dog walk. And giving them like a container of it and asking them to use it. That's what I mean by nice Karen.
2: I guess that would be nice Karen. That's just weird Karen. <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just like you know, Zane. Like really think about if you were like a younger person or a business owner and a middle-aged lady had like walked up to you and been I like, how about, how about you use this instead? I have 100% pictured it and I
1: know exactly how I would come off.
2: it's crazy crazy but i think
1: about it occasionally
2: yeah it makes sense that you think about that and i think about like the thing is what happens is at this age there is a like a tell it like tell it like it is kind of like let me tell you how it is not like it is let me tell you how it is like hands on hips this is a better product for this actually if you did this it would be better like i i could tell people how it should be throughout my day i could spend my entire day being like no if you do this it'll be so much better than this (laughs) because we've been around for a long time and we just know shit too we've we've cultivated a lot of preferences yes and we're annoying yeah that's that's annoying to people that's annoying to people yeah i can get that and you know nobody wants to hear it's weird because When I was younger, I didn't really want to hear advice, like that kind of advice from older people. I would find it, I wouldn't have found that helpful. I would have found it annoying. Like, oh my God, this lady, we have the salt already. That thing is like 10 times the cost. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's why
1: it's so like, I have fully visualized the whole thing and the person I would look like I was
2: if I did that. Ultimately though, your solution is probably better than their solution, but it just doesn't matter. It's just, you can't get the message through. No. And I mean, it's not anything I would do.
1: Right. Right. But I did, but I did fantasize about it. Like, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where everybody used the salt substitute?
2: It would be nice. I agree. I agree. So many, so many things would be so much nicer than the world (laughs) we live in, than a world where Ben Shapiro is rapping which is what my my uh, my kid told me. my kid was like, did you hear Ben Shapiro's rap? And I was like, no, I don't exist in a world (laughs) where that would come to me. (laughs) But apparently he's he's rapping about how um, how cis uh, cis male uh, pronouns, how male pronouns are the best pronouns. That's what he's rapping about. I can't. I just. Oh, my God. And that's secondhand information. I have no idea. I'm not going to look up his rap. I don't I don't give a shit about his rap. Um, there's a lot of rap wars happening right now. Continue. So should, should we talk for a minute about E.G. Carroll? Oh, yes. Let's talk about E.G. Carroll. Jesus Christ. That was amazing. E.G. Carroll. Very amazing. I knew her a little when I worked at Elle. Oh, wow. That makes sense because you were there. I mean, she was there and you were there. And that's what people used to be in offices.
1: Yeah. My, my old boss, Amy Gross, was the person who brought her to Elle. I think it's just amazing. It's just amazing. I don't know if she's ever going to see that money, but I mean, the, the kind of she's 80 years old, the strength and fortitude and fearlessness
2: that it took to do what she did. And the perseverance and the, just like the, the will to just keep going. No, I'm right. I'm going to, I mean, she blew up her, not that she necessarily, who knows if she wanted to have a career, but she blew up her career for sure. Yep. And she blew up her entire life. It was the, that's really what it is. It's just absolute bravery to, to have kept going, even when she was getting death threats, even just to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to see this through. It's incredible. I mean, the sad thing is it's like, does this stop this man in any way? Will she ever see this money? But I mean, we still have to do these things, even if it feels hopeless. Yeah, no, I agree. And also, you know, the level of humiliation she had to endure, you know, just like what what he did, how he behaved, even in the courtroom. Oh my God. You know, how abusive he was. And also, you know, I saw her sort of make herself over. I thought this was really interesting, you know, for the trial. She's 80 years old and she had a dyed, dyed blonde bob and she was dressed like, you know, incredibly chic. And one of the things I thought about was, did somebody tell her that she needed to look prettier that she needed to look more feminine did she need to look sexier for this to mm-hmm. be a for this case to be more palatable i wondered about that that could have all just been her wanting to look like that but her change in appearance from like the new york magazine cover to how she appeared in court which was soft right. which was softer and what we think of as traditionally more feminine and i wonder if that was a a directive or something that she was just doing either way but I'm a so, hunch
1: on her part. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I'm, I'm so glad she won. I'm, you know, I, it's a lot of money and I hope it, I hope he has to pay it and I hope it, it destroys him, which it won't because nothing seems to stop this man. Even no matter the fact that he eats like absolute shit and has a million court cases. It's just, and it's like also a million years old. Like he's not young. No, he's not. And he actually seems pretty adult. Yes.
1: A lot of the time, like seriously addled.
2: No, I think they, I think they pump him with Ritalin and send him out. And then he's just like, like whatever brain cells he has left are like firing pretty fast. Not well, but fast. God, that, I I, I, I can't talk about him any longer. I was about
1: to go into members of his family, but I just think that's, it's too depressing.
2: It is too depressing, and like the the debutante ball that uh, Ivanka Trump is on at all times, like is just like. Oh, I'm just having another coming out party. Here I am. I'm at J- Jeff Bezos's birthday party. I'm yes. I'm hanging out with Kim Kardashian. I've I'm clearly on Ozempic. I've lost so much weight that I look like you know Kate Moss in the '90s. And now I'm just like appearing in all of these places in ball gowns. It's it's fucking nuts. It's nuts. It is nuts. That she's just allowed in the world. It's it's nuts that anybody's like hug hug double double kiss face with that woman. It's just anybody who's complicit with that fucking asshole. Oh, I can't believe it.
1: No, I know. I know. You know each and Harold never had sex again.
2: Oh my she god. She never
1: she never had sex again after that happened to her.
2: Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awful. That's awful. That's awful. Yeah.
1: Oh, ugh. Gross. I know. Gross. Let's talk about something happy. Let's talk about something
2: happy. Um uh chia seeds. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, I'm just trying like I'm like oh you know what I'm gonna just have a whole new breakfast now I'm gonna just try smoothies I'm gonna become a smoothie fucking person I'm gonna pack everything into a smoothie you can pack into a smoothie I've been doing this for three days let's see how long it lasts but Mm -hmm. I've been putting chia seeds in it and I've been putting collagen in this smoothie. Like there's some kind of collagen, like hydrolyzed or something that's supposed to actually be good for your joints and, you know, and also maybe for your skin. Uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but i become a smoothie person there. I made a segue. What else?
1: <laughs> you know what? I want to be a smoothie person. I actually really want to be a smoothie person, but I, I can't deal with sweet in the morning. You don't have to.
2: Yeah. You don't have
1: to have a sweet smoothie, but I don't want a savory smoothie. That just sounds gross. There's a
2: happy medium. There's like, you know, you just put like some mango or some blueberries that aren't particularly sweet, either of them frozen each, and you don't put any sweetener in it. And then it's just like, it tastes like whatever that fruit is. It's not, I'm not putting any, I'm not putting any fruit. Although I have, sometimes I put a date in, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a super sweet, um, Smoothie right, it really doesn't I'm telling you because I also do not like it I'm, not a, I'm really not a sweet person generally, but especially in the morning, anyway, if you want to become a smoothie person, it's just mango, spinach, everything's frozen and already given to you, collagen, uh, what was it? chia seeds, almond milk, and then I throw a date in because it's a little it's a little bit not sweet enough for me one date right that's it, one date, one date. But I'm trying the collagen out because I'm like, will this help lubricate these, these goddamn middle-aged joints or
1: or not? Isn't bone broth supposed to help with that, too? Or did I just make that up?
2: Yeah, I'm just so mad at bone broth. Bone broth. Why is bone broth $16? Bone I broth know. is so fucking expensive. It's like chicken juice. It's ridiculous that it's so... <laughs> chicken juice. That's
1: disgusting. <laughs> it is. But... I get, I get this Brodo broth, you know, Brodo, which is the brand that kind of like invented bone broth. Okay. How much is it? How much is it? They didn't, they didn't invent it. Okay. But they like popularized bone broth. Yes. Um, And I get it not to drink. But to cook with yeah, because so many recipes call for chicken stock and it's better chicken stock, but you're right, it's expensive
2: it's so fucking expensive it's so it makes me so angry it makes me so angry and I've, I've been like, okay, I'll just cook it myself and apparently in order to get bone broth you need to cook it for like forty days <laughs> it's like yeah no
1: was- people serious cooks, serious cooks cook
2: chicken stock for like three days yes well that's how you get that's how you get what you extract what you need from the bones but i'm always like how are they even doing that i like it evaporates you add more water that doesn't seem appropriate it's i am not a broth if anybody knows how really an easy way to make bone broth listeners please because mm-hmm. i am like so angry to spend 16 dollars on like a 10 ounce 10 ounce ounce that was so Philly a 10 ounce (laughs) carton I I refuse I'm in the grocery store and I'm like no that that's not the way my money should be spent but I would like bone broth I would like that to be a part of my life yes yes no I know it is expensive it's stupid it's stupid um what else is happening wait did you watch get on your knees I watched it I didn't I didn't finish
1: it I didn't finish it and I feel like it's one of those things that you really have to see all the way through yes but she's fucking like brilliant in a way. And her brain works. It's like, this is how it is with certain people with comedy. I mean, we see it in literature. You see it in music, but you also see it in comedy. Somebody whose brain just works differently. Yeah. And makes different connections. Yes.
2: Yes. We're talking about listeners. We're talking about get on your knees. There's a, um, I think it's actually 90 minutes. Jacqueline Novak. If nobody, if anybody doesn't know this, she's also on the poog podcast with Kate Berlant, but she's a, a comedian, and this is like a one-woman show. I wouldn't even say this is a stand. This isn't stand-up. This is like storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, And the not to give anything away, but the entire hour and a half is somehow really about a blowjob. But it's not just about a blowjob in any way. It goes in a mill. I I think it's so smart. I've never seen anything like it. And the connections she makes, and the way she acts out all of the parts, I can't. I, I, I want to see a script of it because the writing is incredible. No, the writing is, is
1: crazy incredible, just like layers on top of layers and then digressions that lead back. Really, really amazing and somehow not vulgar or
2: raunchy. Not raunchy because there are a lot of, there's some female comics that are like, well, I'm going to be raunchy and like, look, I can be raunchy. I should be able to be raunchy. And I'm watching it and I'm like, this just feels gross to me. And like this, is this funny or is this just raunchy? You know, is yeah. this smart or is this just raunchy? And this, this get on your knees is, it's brilliant. It the, and it's, and I want you to watch the whole thing because how she lands it is kind, is kind of incredible. It's a, it's an incredible landing. And it's like, it's kind of like a masterwork. And I've been thinking like, what does she do after this? How do you follow this? She's been on tour with this for years. I saw it live, um, like two years ago i think she's been on tour with this maybe like if not pre-pandemic right after pandemic so she's been doing this for a long fucking time what do you how do you follow what do you do next
1: i know well that's the big question for anybody who's created something
2: like something incredible right yeah
1: i think and i once heard liz gilbert say something she was more articulate than i'll be Mm -hmm. about it but you know that if your expectation is that maybe you're not going to top it, yep. then you have a chance of topping it. But if you're all if you're terrified that you're not
2: going to top it, then you for sure won't top it. Yeah, I mean, I've not to be like me, me, but I've thought about this about my book because I think this is the best thing I've ever written. It's for sure the best thing I've ever written. And it's amazing. And I don't know if I'll ever. I don't, I already don't know. Like I'm thinking about what I want to write next and whatever. I already know that I don't think I'll ever write anything as that's as well. And as it meaningfully that, that is like a piece of work in its totality and contained and everything as I have, like I've, I've done this thing. It was the thing I had to do. I don't even know if I'll ever be as excited about another thing as I was about this. You know, I've already kind of like let that I'm like, This was, this is the one we'll see where it goes and I'll write other things. But this, this was the big one.
1: That's, I think that's the attitude to have though. Things, things came before it. Things will come after
2: it. That's right. That's right. And that's like something, you know, you you can't chase. It comes, it doesn't, you can't chase that. It's just like, you can't.
1: The other thing is think about writers you like, or bands you like, sometimes they had one good album, That's two right. good albums. That's right. You know, one fantastic collection of short stories. That's right. That's just somehow it works, how it works. You know, not everybody has it's like, you know, a hit machine. Album after album, a hit machine. Yeah.
2: No. You know, I sometimes
1: agree. it just hits right the right people in the studio and producers and you turn something out. And I think the only way to not be really bummed out that you're never gonna top it is to not give a
2: shit if you ever top it. I think that that's absolutely right because a lot of, uh, so many creative projects too, and so much in our lives, our jobs, whatever, it's not just us. It's dependent on, you know, the the person who's shepherding it through, the producer, the this, your boss, the everything, the people on the project. And, you know, you could even show up exactly the same way, but it doesn't matter. The timing is wrong. I remember Ashley Ford um, talking about this with her her book and being like, you know, people, like to behave like it was all them. Cause you know, her book did so well. And she was like, it's all me. It's all my genius. And she was like, the truth is like, I had a lot of luck with this book. I had a, the, yep. Like, the timing was right. The publisher was right. This was right. There was not this, like this, um, you know, paper problem that we're having now, like whatever it is. And it's just, sometimes the stars align. I mean, I don't know if the stars are going to align for my book, but I, in terms of a creative person, I, I feel like it's, you know, th- that's a different thing.
1: Well, there's also, there's also the complication when money and business become part of creativity. Yes. yes. You know, and there
2: is like, you know, it's the old saying, like, you can't make a living, but you can make a killing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, but then, and then there's the other thing of like how how some sometimes like a band's first album is so amazing, and you're like, "Wow, this is so amazing." And then the the cliche is that the second album is all about like making the first album. Yeah, <laughs> Carlene Bauer called it the difficult sophomore album. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's it. So that's funny. It's funny to think about that. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Sarah absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks off, and we're back. What else is happening with you? Oh,
1: I don't know. Let's answer some listener questions. All right, all right. We could just go right to that. Let me <laughs> let me
2: get in there. Let me get in it's there. It's just it, it's talking about ourselves in another guise. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, what do you want to answer?
1: Well, this is a nice one. What is something each of you really loves about yourself?
2: Oh, gee, that's not, it's a, what, that's the hardest one. All right, you go, you go. What do you love about yourself? I'm honest. <laughs> like I'm really honest. <laughs> um, I, I think that's true about you. You are really honest. That is really true of you. You're not a bullshitter in any way. Sometimes Paul's like, could you be a little less honest? Sometimes? Yes, yes, no. Um, I think that I am an affectionate and loving person. You are. I think that I am those things. I think that the people I love really know that I love them. Yep, I think that's true. And I think that that's, um, you know, I try to be that. I'm, I'm thoughtful. I'm slightly self-aware. You're very thoughtful. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I like. Actually, if I had to go to that, I'm. I think I'm thoughtful. I think I'm a thoughtful person. So, yay. But you know, that's a hard question to answer. Answer at this point in, in I don't know. That's a hard. I find that to be a hard question to answer.
1: I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like, if I couldn't say I'm honest, I don't know what
2: I would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have you ever been on a cruise? How was it? And what did you wear? I have never been on a cruise. Oh, my God. Me neither. I've never been on a cruise. I don't have any desire to go on a cruise. I I don't like being on the water. I don't like being contained. I don't like feeling trapped. I don't like being around a lot of people. I don't like doing the same things with other tourists. I like to find my own way. Although, I will say there are some European river cruises that are quite, quite tempting. Yes, on smaller boats. Yes, like there's a German river cruise that's supposed to be like just the most picturesque thing you've ever been on in your life. Like you can't even believe your eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I've heard too. That the river cruises can be really amazing.
2: I've thought about that. That is, that is the closest I would come. the The big cruise, just it's not the way I like to travel. It's the way some people like to travel, not the way I like to travel. Yeah, I agree. Um. Do you feel that making your age so public has helped or harmed your career prospects? I mean, I've sort of
1: made the fact of my age, my career. Yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe. I know people my age who are dishonest about their age or won't reveal their age because they want to come off 10 years
2: younger for that reason. But I sort of turned it into my brand. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You made like a business out of it. Um, I don't think that it's affected me so far. I don't I don't think that it's a thing. I mean, look, it's a podcast for over 40 people over women over 40. Like, you know, unless you're really looking me up, you don't know that I'm 50. But also, I mean, I don't give a shit about that at all. And I don't think it affected me in getting a job. I think it actually maybe helped me because of what I'm covering a good idea is a good idea is a good idea. If you're like plugged in and you know what you're talking about and you have like the skill to back it up, I think people will take a good idea. Publishing is actually very good for older people, particularly novelists. Like that's one of the few careers that like there's growth post 50. So, so no, I don't think that, I don't think that it's affected me in any way. And I've never really been afraid of it because I've just been so much like, this is what's going on, you know? But I will say, I don't throw around, like when I'm talking to colleagues, when I'm in meetings, I don't throw around, I'm so old. Do you know how old I am? Even though I'm working with people who are 25 years younger than I am. I just am like, this isn't part of the conversation. It's clear that I have more experience than you. And let's like, let's, let's stay on that rather than how old I am, because then I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I'm making myself, I'm I'm just like, I don't need to do that. So no, I don't think that that's not really been a problem. But yeah, what what an interesting question. Let's see what
1: else. Oh, well, here someone asked me, how have your feelings about motherhood changed since becoming a stepmom? Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Like my experience of being a stepmom, I am a stepmom who does not bring a lot of maternal energy to that role. I don't think it's appropriate to do that. No, it's not. You know, stepchildren have a real mother. You know, what do they need me behaving that way for?
2: Yeah, no, I think that that's, and also you have older stepchildren. If you had a younger, if you had like a, you know, six year old, you might have to change that a little bit. You'd have to sort of sort out those feelings because the kid would be needing things from you just by necessity of care, you know? So I think that, um, that would have been that would have been different because you know you have you have adults you have adult stepchildren for the most part yeah um, any personal story about being 40 plus and neurodivergent I think one of you perhaps mentioned something about this don't I talk about it every week? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that sarcastic? <laughs> I feel like I'm becoming one of those people who, well you know the ADHD um, get medication. Like yep. I I I just I've actually started tracking like the episodes when I I'm on ADHD meds and the ones that I'm not. And when I'm not, I just sort of go off like I can hear myself go off for like sentences and sentences. And when I'm on the medication, I am much more focused and targeted in my in my responses and, you know, in my thinking, everything. So before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I just had no idea that this was who I was. And this was what was getting in my way how much I would drift all day, you know? So, you know, know what you have and know how to work around it, I guess is my number one thing, because things like ADHD, the menopause makes the menopause. That's just what I call it now. The <laughs> things like ADHD, um, the, you know, the hormone changes make worse because there's so many estrogen receptors in your brain. So, if you have some neurodivergence, my understanding is whatever it is, is going to be exacerbated in some people by perimenopause. So, you know, seek help, like get the support you need. And if you need meds, don't be afraid to take them because God damn it. Are they a life, a lifesaver? They, they really are.
1: And also a diagnosis is just a good thing to have. It's good to know what you're dealing with.
2: It really is. It really is. I wish I had had it. I wish I had had it. You know, that's a big regret in my life that I didn't know. I didn't know for all the years that I didn't know. Yeah. Um. What are your feelings on crying at work? Uh, I mean,
1: I I mean, crying at work. I, I remember once, and I think I told the story on the podcast before, so I will keep it brief. I remember once being in a meeting when I found out I wasn't getting something that the magazine really needed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. I've never tried crying before. Maybe I'll try crying right now. It didn't
2: work. I mean, I think this person is like talking about like un not not premed yeah. not premeditated crying. Not premeditated crying, but like, you know, you know,
1: so and so from accounting was just a bitch and didn't approve my travel expenses yes. or my boss just was dismissive and rude to me. I mean, I think, you know, someone wrote a whole book about crying at work and how it should be okay and we should normalize it. And I'd like to think that's true, but it is, you know, it's
2: humiliating. You feel like it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a, like almost like, a, you know, compulsive crier, like, uh, uh, like just like as discussed, sad breathing, I, <laughs> I've tried not to cry at work, but I have many times cried at work. The thing is, is that it's no big deal if you cry at work. The problem is is that people are uncomfortable with displays of emotion like that. Like most people don't know what to do with it. So now you've unfortunately, this is not the way it should be, but you've unfortunately like sort of lost some power and ground in this situation. Not that you can't reclaim it, but when you start crying You're sort of out of the conversation in a way because that person usually, and this is not always the case, a good leader would not be like this, but how many good leaders are there out there, let's be honest, doesn't know how to handle it, does see it as a sign of weakness, and it's just just an awkward, now you can't have the conversation you are having, right? Right. That said, you're a human being. Forgive yourself for crying. It's like not a big deal if you did cry and you didn't mean to. You are a human being. It's not going to affect your job long term. It's just, you know, people are just not they're not comfortable with their own emotions. So they can't be comfortable with other people's like being just human and, and tender. It's just I think that's a real I think that's a real thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, One more. Okay, you decide. Um, I'd like to get real about lube. Hear me out. It can be a unicorn when you're both in the mood after 50 at this literal same time. How do you incorporate lube without killing the mood? Any brands you recommend? How do you address this in the moment? Or do you plan sex around the physical modifications needed to enjoy it?
1: That's a a very funny last sentence because I find that increasingly I do enjoy sex around the physical modifications 100%.
2: I think you ha- I think that's the only way to do it at this point. The only way to have an honest, intimate relationship with somebody at this age is to be like, well, this is nice. And I do think that's also just part of like a consensual, open relationship with somebody where you have to be like emotionally open, where you have to be like, this is what's going on with me. You know, Yeah,
1: it can, it, it kills the spontaneity a little. It's true. But but I think that it you gain
2: more than you lose. Yeah. And you know what? Let's be honest here. I think there's a lot of emphasis on how our parts don't work. I think there are lots of modifications we have to make for other parts not working. You know, I feel like not everything is working the way it used to work. And I feel like, you know, just sort of having that on the table and it doesn't have to ruin the intimacy or the moment or anything. It's just like, it's part of it. And I think, being present in the moment is dealing with the realities of the moment. And that's hard if you're like wanting to sort of disassociate and be like, this is such a hot, sexy situation, you know, (laughs) maybe it's happening to somebody else, you know, it's, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think you have, I I don't think there's a way, I don't think there's a way to have sex at this age really without having some, um, acknowledgement of, of, of what you're working with. Yep. I agree. I mean, there are ways to have it, but it's bet It's probably better.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think you can still have spontaneous sex. It just it for me, it works better with all the accoutrement.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. So have it nearby. Don't have to go looking for it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Have it like very accessible. Like if you do want to have spontaneous situation. um, (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing worse than having to to seek something out. Like that's, I know mood. in the middle, that's the mood killer right there. Then you're like, let's just watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, like, this is- I, I'm
1: naked and I just stood up and walked out of the room. Exactly. Like it's over. Exactly. I just saw myself in the mirror. Gross. Exactly.
2: Oh, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't oh, mean that. I didn't mean that. No, I feel like it's real though. I feel like it's real. It happens. It happens. Um, we can't end on this. No, we have to answer one more question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um bathing suits, Oh, fuck. bathing suits. I'm not a tall drink of water, but rather short and curvy. Any suits, one or two piece that I should take to Mexico. There is a brand that I'm very interested in that everybody is talking about, like cannot talk, stop talking about. I've seen it all over social media. I think it's, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I think it's called Hunza, H-U-N-Z-A. I might've made that up, but it is a stretchy material bathing suit it looks like they fit everybody and they have many different styles with a high neck or a low neck and whatever. And my thing with bathing suits is if it fits your body, then go out in it.
1: Like. <laughs> I mean, you're practically naked when you're in a swimsuit. You're practically naked. There's only so much you can camouflage. There's only so much you can, you know, suck in. That's right. You know, I my my advice is like, you know, if you're if you're not thrilled with how you look in a swimsuit and you can't find one that really satisfies you, get yourself a really light cotton cover up and go to the beach with your swimsuit on and the cover up over
2: it. What about the ocean
1: or a pool? Well, then when you get in the ocean, yes, the, at the pool you can keep a cover up on, but then you go into the ocean, you do have to take it off.
2: Yeah. But also just like, this is the exercise. This is the body acceptance. We are old. We've been hating our bodies for decades. Like, this is the time to just be like, thank God it's moving.
1: Though I'm working on it. I'm really working on the acceptance, even though I just said that,
2: what I just said about I, my body. I get it, though. I get it. Especially when you're in the moment and like, you're trying to be hot. And part of being hot in this society is being young and, and sexy and like, it, it, the reality check can be, um, alarming. Yeah. When you're in a it's fantasy, true. you know, I think that's when it. you're in, when you're in that and then all those. Yeah, no, that's all I was saying. Yeah. I think that's all you were saying. All right. Let me see if there's one more. <laughs> okay. For a fellow ambition monster, Jennifer Romolini, what have you been your best strategies for keeping a lid on workaholism so you can enjoy other parts of your life? I am very bad at this. At some point, I'm going to talk about how I totally relapsed into workaholism while writing a book about workaholism, but a time I close the computer and that's it. And I've been trying to do that more and more when my child comes home and I've been trying to be like, okay, whatever I do now cannot be work from, you know, three thirty, four o'clock on I'm done with work until the next morning and I can flip it open the minute I, I wake up, but I'm done now. But mm-hmm. I, I don't have any I don't have any I you know, I, I'm bad at keeping boundaries around work. I love working, I like getting lost in it. It's definitely a drug for me. So I don't really have much except some time limitations around what when you can work. Oh, and I yeah. don't I don't have work on my phone. I think your your relationship
1: to work is is pretty healthy though. It's not, I mean, it's it, it's healthier than it was. I mean,
2: that's sort of part of what your book is about. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's much healthier than it was. I don't have, I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody like I used to. I don't go above and beyond like I used to. That was a big thing for me. I do. I do mm-hmm. the work well, but I don't do extra to try to get a pat on the head. And the biggest thing is I do not have Slack on my phone and I do not have um, my work email on my phone and I don't have a work phone. I chose not to do that. And I am checking in all the time with work when I'm working, but when I'm done with work, I'm done with work. That's good. I try to. Okay. Wait, there's a second part of this for you. Kim France, do you think of your solopreneur era as fully continuous with your working life or as kind of a segue to retirement? Or more simply or more simply to both of you, how do you think of the space of work in a life that will perhaps someday be post work
1: I mean obviously, I'm not working at the same level that I used to i i'm my my days are not as busy as they used to be. I don't have a big position like I used to have um in some ways, you could see it as like you know segueing into retirement, yeah, um but I don't see it that way. I see it as like, this is what I do now.
2: It's another chapter.
1: It's just another chapter. And it's a very different chapter. And there are things about it that I've had to get used to. I miss working around other people.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I I, I enjoyed having health benefits. Yeah. But, you know, I no, I just think like this is what I do now. This is what my 50s have been about.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort out and sort of extract the parts of work that I really, really, really enjoy the things that really light me up and those don't necessarily have to do with money. So I'm trying to look really realistically at my financial picture so that, I mean, I don't ever want to stop doing the things that light me up. I would like to be writing until I, until I drop dead. Um, but how do I put myself in a financial position while I'm still vital enough to work a couple of jobs, to have a, have write books and have a full-time job? How do I keep my, how do I get myself into a financial position so that the stuff that really lights me up when I'm older, um, is the only stuff I have to do. Right. Right. Cause there's, a, a, there's a, there's a, there's a money component, you know? So, um, all right, I think we did it. There we go. There's an episode. There's another episode. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like this show, rate and review it across the platform. Subscribe to the show, please. If you want to support the production of the show, to pay our editor, to keep the lights on, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash everythingisfine. Um, We do a bunch of things there. You can check it out. You can also join for free if you just want to check it out for a while. If you want to follow Kim, you can find her on kimfrance.substack.com. If you want to follow me, there's a link in the bio. Please pre-order my book, Ambition Monster. That's also not link in bio in the show notes. You can pre-order my book. I'm lost in this. I've just lost it. It's gone. (laughs) It's gone. gone. You can can pre-order my book. I started thinking of another thing midway through saying it. (laughs) Okay. You can pre-order my book. That is in the show notes. Ambition Monster is out in June. The show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll be back next week.
3: (laughs) Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better. Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.